Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hi, I'm Eric Engel, and I'm here with my fantastically talented wife, Jolene, for another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. Now, what do we have today? And by the way, before you introduce this one, uh, we've done a lot of podcasts, and since we're getting senile, we don't necessarily remember sometimes if we've answered these or not. I believe we've answered this one, but we had tech problems. Tech problems, and it didn't come out. Right. We sat down. We recorded the whole thing. We actually did the we did a video cast on this as well. You tested everything ahead of time, and we spent like a half an hour answering this gal's um, concern. And then afterwards, you go and check the video feed, and you have no audio. Okay. Well, so here's the deal. If we've already done this one, and you guys have heard it before, then you can see if we're really consistent with what we have to say to begin with. <laughs> Or, or if, or if we're lame. yeah, or if we're <laughs> schizophrenic with our message. Okay, well. But anyway, we're going to do this one again. If you've heard it, fantastic. If you haven't, uh, that's great as well. And uh, so, why don't you play it for us? I will. Um, this one is the gal is asking or saying I should leave this marriage, but I don't want to. So that is that is her concern. And let's listen to what she has to say. Hi, my name is Dee in Alaska. I've been married to my husband for eight years. We have two young children. um, And our marriage has always been fraught with a lot of difficulty. Um, We're both extreme type A. We are both believers, sort of. So to cover that territory, I'm devoted Catholic. He's baptized Catholic and has been coming to church with me all along, but has decided that he would prefer to go to different churches and hasn't fully accepted the teachings of the Christian faith. He actually doesn't really understand them. And our situation is more on the um, emotional and verbal abuse side than on the physical side, although it has gotten really close to being physical. I'd also like to point out that he has deployed four times in the eight years that we've been together and both of our children were born while he was away. So we've had things like difficulty with co-parenting and difficulty with post-deployment trauma and we've been in and out of counseling. But most recently, he told me that he hates me and that he, when he sees me with the kids, it makes him sick. So he's gone as far as telling me in the past that I might as well go kill myself. He's punched holes in the walls. I should leave, but I don't want to. What do I do? Wow. That's that's a heavy one right there. So there's a there's, there's a, lot a lot there that we're going to we're going to discuss. And the first thing that pops out to me is that we're believe, we're believers sort of. Okay, now I you know, I'm a very kind of black and white type of guy. So when you say that I'm a believer, sort of, uh, I don't know what that means. Because in the words of Yoda, <laughs> there is do and there is do not. There is no try. Okay? Well, in the words of Jesus, he said, you're either for me or against me. I'm going with Jesus. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll go with Jesus. Let's forget Yoda. But, but you know, 
sort of believing uh, maybe maybe they're struggling. Okay? Right, right. And I might say struggling believers rather than sort of believing. Normally what I say is when I'm talking to a woman, I ask, is he a believer, an unbeliever, or barely believing? Because there is that gray space. And I'm a black and white gal, hardcore black and white gal. When I read my Bible, I see it as black and white. But I see gray when it comes to grace. Okay. Okay, so... So you say, is he a believer? Is he an unbeliever? unbeliever? Or barely believing. Okay, so I can understand two of those. Tell me what barely believing Barely is. believing. Well, I was barely believing the other day. I mean, I, I've had so many, so many trials recently, so much spiritual warfare recently that it's just like, okay, I, I know God is for me. I know God's good. And I, I know I could pray to him. I could bring my prayers boldly to him. I understand the scriptures, but why do I feel alone in this? Okay, so there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of fiery darts from the enemy. I understand. But and so in that, that's where part of the barely believing comes barely from. Barely believing, but your foundation is No, my foundation solid. is solid, but there's a lot to uh, barely believing. He could be a new believer where he doesn't fully understand it. Okay, so he, this gal said that there's some of that too. Now, she mentioned that she's a committed Catholic or a strong Catholic or something Catholic. And I have a Catholic, how do I explain this? A Catholic upbringing where I was exposed to Catholicism. Um, But to me, it was just angry Catholicism. To me, there was no love of Christ there. Well, you were raised in a Catholic heritage that wasn't necessarily a faith. Would that be fair to say? Um. But I mean, they be, would have believed, uh, they they believed in God, they believed in Jesus, God's son but, died on the cross. But it was practiced more as a heritage than it was a faith, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Hands down. I mean, there was a, a, there was a tradition. It would have been a tradition or a religion and not a relationship. I had zero understanding of having a relationship with Jesus or even having a relationship with my parents. You know, so the relationship factor was missing across the board. And when I'm listening to this wife say, okay, I'm a, you know, dedicated or devoted Catholic and he's gone, but he doesn't really want to keep going. It's just like, well, join the club. I felt the same way. Well, let's let's take the Catholic label out of it because we're not labeled by whether we or we shouldn't be, whether we're Catholic or Baptist or Presbyterian or non-denominational. Right. Okay. Bottom line is. We need to be labeled as if we're either followers of Jesus or not. Right. Okay. Believers and and I use the term believer, but that that implies that you follow as well. It doesn't just mean that I believe. Everyone says I believe, but and the you, demons say that they the believe. demons say that they believe. Well, you made a great statement maybe this past summer, and you had said, "Well, are they a professing Christian or a practicing Christian?" Because that's that the practicing implies obedience. It implies right. action. It implies following, doing what God's word says. So when you when I hear about maybe a husband who he believes but he's not acting the way he should, well, does he know how to act? Is he a baby Christian? Okay. Oh, he just came to the Lord. Well, a lot of times these wives have these expectations of, okay, well, you've now made a profession of faith to follow Jesus. 
Right. Okay, great. But that doesn't mean that they know how to follow well, him and they know how to lead. Just like a baby is going to stick their finger in a light socket, you know, a baby Christian is going to stick their finger in a spiritual light socket right. from now on. Right. And, and so a lot of times wives could get really discouraged with the stumbling that a husband does when he does come to faith. Because even a husband, you've been saved for 48 years. You stumble and you fall. Okay. But yet you are you are so rich in in doctrine and understanding of God's word, however you still fall. Romans three twenty three, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I could look at you and be like, that's stinking husband. How come he keeps doing this? Okay. Okay, there, there's no difference in how I could be very critical of your spiritual walk um, than how a wife could be of a new Christian. I mean, he he this man doesn't seem to quite get Christianity and he was exposed to Catholicism and honestly I walked away from Catholicism yes there's some great biblical truths to it but it missed the relationship it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to you you're looking to put that that fish with feet on the back of your car weren't you oh yeah I did I you know I I left Catholicism the minute I was confirmed Okay, because I'm like, I don't believe in any of this. Because it in my home, in my upbringing, the relationship was missing. Okay, so so let's let's go beyond the definition of uh, we're barely believing or or we're sort of believing. I guess that's the term. I don't remember the term. Whatever it was. Okay, but she's got a lot of stuff going she's on. Got a lot of stuff. He's he's in the military. So he's been in and out. Right. Uh, what'd she say? Four years out of the eight that they've been married? Four deployments. Right. Yeah. Or f- four deployments. Okay. All the kids have been born when he was gone. Right. Okay. So she's, in essence, a single parent. Okay. He comes home and he says nasty things to her. Right. Okay. And so she says, well, I should leave. Okay. Right. Let's, let's address that first. The fact that she's married to a jerk and she should leave because yes, he he has jerkitis going on. Right. Beyond that, so I'm looking at the spiritual side of this man, and he's stumbling. He has been exposed to truth. She's tried to expose him to truth, and he wanted to go to other churches. I don't know if she let him or if she, that. And that's I want a wife to hear this. I don't care if, like Eric said, if you're Methodist, Presbyterian. All those different denominations. I want you to go back to the Bible. And as a wife, I want you to be encouraging in his spiritual life. Be more encouraging in his spiritual life than holding on to maybe your spiritual heritage. Because when you look at the Bible, the Bible is going to be more concerned about you being one and tenderhearted towards your husband than holding on to a man-made religion. Okay, so if your guy is not thriving at whatever church you're at and he wants to go to another church, I would strongly encourage that you guys check out other churches because if the spiritual life of your husband or even yourself is you're wilting, you're dying, I mean, you that's severe spiritual, you need some spiritual CPR right, there. You right. got to well, go somewhere. And here's something else. If she is spiritually stronger than him right now, right. then she, she can sustain going to different churches to finding something that works for him. Correct. Okay. Now, obviously, a Bible teaching, Bible believing church. Yes. Okay. When I say works for him, it doesn't mean we're not suggesting cults. Right. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's it's got to be. You, you guys seek that out. You got to pray for it. But I I want a wife to be willing to to say to the husband, 
yeah, you know, your spiritual growth is important. And men aren't going to open up spiritually and say, they're, they're generally, generally going to say, I don't, I don't like that church. They're going to point out the bad before they say, I really grew by hearing what that pastor said. Right. Okay. Because th- there's just a little more pride that oozes out of your pores. Not that I don't have pride p- oozing out of my pores, but men are just more apt to be more guarded with their feelings of humility and really kind of saying what they need. Okay. So the first thing, the first thing is whether he's there or not, she needs to go to church. Absolutely. And she because needs to, she needs the spiritual lifeline. Right. And she needs a Bible believing church that she goes to and takes the kids to. Okay. Right. When he is there, she needs to try to help him lead and find a church that he can identify with, that he can right. learn and spiritually grow from. Right. Okay. Uh, the next thing is the abuse. The verbal and the emotional abuse. The verbal abuse, here's one way to deal with the verbal abuse. Well, let me ask you a difference. What is the difference? Because if you are verbally abusive, it is emotional. Yeah, yes. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how you would just be emotionally abusive. Right. I you mean, know, I, I, I don't know how how you could just stand alone, but it's common. I, I guess it's very common for women to say because we're more emotional than than men. So it's and I think we probably started saying the emotional abuse because it wasn't physical. Right. Okay? Right. So I think it's just a tag that we as women will use because we understand that more. Okay. All right. I got it. But from a man's perspective, you're like, what does that even look like? Right. Well, well, it, it is the verbal, the verbal attacks, the the shaming, you know, the belittling, all all that comes with it. And, and what did he say to her? The basically, he wished that she was dead, and he hates looking at her with the kids. And I mean, it's just like. Okay, so does a wife have to put up with that? <laughs> no, okay. she does not. <laughs> oh. Wait, let me ask my full question, okay? I mean, you already answered it, but does a Bible-believing wife who's submissive to her husband and submissive to the Lord have to put up with that? No. No, she does not. Why not? Hey, you got to be submissive, okay? And note the sarcasm, but, you know, we hear this all the time. she's a child of God. That doesn't mean that she she gets to have him trample all over her. Okay. So what can she do? And that's where submission gets skewed. That's why it has a bad connotation, so what can she do? Well, she could say, hey, I would love to have a conversation with you, but obviously you're you're hurt and angry right now because he's lashing out at her because he's hurt, okay? There are some right. needs that are not met in this man's heart. Well, and then she brought in uh, the idea of maybe even some mental issues with the with coming out of the military sure. and, and, and that sure. sort of thing. And I mean, the man, the man, when I, when I hear this story, the man is broken through and through. Okay. He doesn't fully have a, a deep understanding of Jesus and what Jesus did for him and the love that Jesus has for him and the comfort that Jesus could bring him and the peace. I mean, he's a military man. He's used to combat. Okay. So he's used to being hard. He's used to guarding his emotions and, Right. And so he's got to learn how to disconnect from that life when he moves into the marriage and family life. He in himself, he needs to talk. He, Oh, I would be praying as a wife, praying, 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 Lord, bring a good godly man into my husband's life because he needs a good biblical friend. He needs a good biblical friend that he could actually break down and cry and, and, and share his heart with. Well, and being from the military it wouldn't be a bad idea for her to find resources 
where there are former military guys mm-hmm. that have a message. Right. Okay, because they're out there. Oh, yeah. They bring a biblical message. I know we had one. I don't remember the name of it. It was years ago that it was a soldier, maybe even a Navy SEAL, but I I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, He came to our church. They did a a movie about these um, people coming out of combat and just the PTSD and, and how they're so alone and how they need the Lord. Okay. They need the Lord. I mean, the number one thing is this man needs Jesus. Okay. Well, both of them do. Well, yes, yes, for her to survive it. Right. For her to to survive this tsunami that she's living with, because it kind of like shows up every now and then he comes back from a tour. Okay. So I asked you, does she have to put up with that? And you said no. But what does that mean? What does she do to not put up with it? Well, she has her own personal boundaries. It might go something like this. I mean, obviously, he he does bring the verbal abuse. I would probably send an email or send a text or set up a time when you're in a public place in a restaurant so he doesn't go full like hulk on you you know right so he does so he's able to have some self-control so there's not this in the heat of the moment he's saying things to destroy her okay but this way she could say to him i love you i want the best for you i'm cheering you on i know this marriage could work I know that we could have a a happy marriage and family, thriving life, but this is what I need from you. I believe that the first thing she needs to do is ask him, say, this is what I want. Do you want this to work? I mean, she needs to get some sort of yes from him. Right. Okay. Because she can say, I want this, 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 and this. And he'd be like, hey, I don't care. I don't want any of it. Okay. So there needs to be some agreement there. If there is no agreement, then nothing's going to happen. Right. He'll just come home and continue to to spew venom on her. Right. But when she said in her question, I I should leave this marriage, but I want to stay. I would think that there's some type of hope in her that she sees a glimpse in him of goodness that he does. He does want this because he hasn't fully left. He hasn't fully left the marriage. Now, oftentimes what what a wife will mistake for you know this biblical submission is to put up with his garbage there's just like no you don't get to trample all over me just because you've gone through these hard times a a boundary needs to be established saying i'm here for you i love you but i can't have you do x y and z well everyone is accountable for their own actions and we all have problems But what I find interesting is that most people who say, well, I got these problems, they go to work and they function. Right. Okay. So what that tells me is that you have selective problems because you don't scream and yell at your boss Mm -hmm. and you don't punch your boss in the face. Right. Okay. So you are able to control yourself. Well, especially when you have very dominant personalities. You and I have dominant personalities. We don't have passive personalities. We go head head straight into the combat into warrior mode you know we don't have a problem with conflict we there's there's a part of our flesh that enjoys it put up your dukes right it's totally that where some will say that's a type a personality and maybe it is um i'm not a relaxed personality i have a son who is more laid back and he hates conflict okay my other one Loves to battle. Right. So with a dominant personality, especially in men, 
they will use they will use that side to belittle their wives and to bring the verbal abuse because they could get away with it. Well, they can get away with it if she lets him. If she lets him. Okay. And right. by the way, this is this a really hard thing for gals because gals already are a softer gender. Right. I mean, you know, emotionally and such. And so this is where they really got to gather up their courage and say, this is the standard. And this is not just my standard. This is God's standard for how his daughter should be treated. And I'm not going to allow him or anyone else to treat me this way. Because ultimately, that, that really sets the tone for the relationship. Well, and I get a lot of these same type of emails or messages from wives about the verbal and emotional abuse and setting boundaries in marriage. It's a very common email that I get. And there's a part of a wife that's missing the aspect that she is a daughter of the king first. She, she loses sight of her identity when she allows the husband to belittle and stomp all over her. Now, Verbal abuse could go both ways. Is she engaging back right, in it? Right, you know, the, the first thing that she should make sure she doesn't do is because you could stop the verbal abuse very quickly by saying, nope, I'm not going to engage, meaning I'm not going to spar back. OK, and because you have to own your own conduct. Right. You she, can't you can't say my husband is verbally abusive when you're verbally abusive as well. She has to exert some strength without being abusive herself and and you know gals they need to understand the the aggressive male mind and i i'm gonna i'm gonna tell a story quickly here but when i was in sixth grade uh our teacher didn't show up at the beginning of the year and so they brought a teacher that was a first grade teacher up to sixth grade to teach our class and we early on realized she's used to first graders we're sixth graders we can control this gal we can rule this gal, okay? And so at one point, I got mad at her. I got up and I dumped my desk over. I mean, I pushed it completely over and all the stuff in my desk went all over the floor and I stormed out of the room. Oh, such okay? the gentleman. I, right, right. You know, it was absurd. And I wandered around the schoolyard for about an hour. Like a peacock, knowing that you got away with right. it. Right, because I knew, see, had she, had she taken the authority that she should have, I never would have pulled that kind of garbage. Right. Okay? But I walked back in there. Guess what? My desk was back up and all the stuff was back in it. And I sat back down. She didn't say a word to me. Okay? Oh, you owned now, her at that point. Oh, I knew I owned her. Right. Okay? Now, what's so interesting is that I wasn't raised that way. Right. But you got away with it. And if I knew that my parents would have found out, I never would have pulled that either. But I I already knew that I controlled her and I controlled right. the situation. And so I knew I could get away with this. And so uh, the sinful heart will go as far as it can if it thinks there's a chance and it can get away with those things. Right, which is why the, the wife has to remember a few scriptures. And the first one is in 1 Timothy Timothy 3.11, in the same way their wives are to be women worthy of respect. That's the part I want her to hone in on. Worthy of respect. Okay, here's the rest of the verse. Not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. 
when you have self-respect and you know that you're God's daughter, you will not put up with his baloney. That is worthy of respect. Right. You know, I've been through the Bible, but I've been through the Bible a lot of times. I don't know that I've ever seen that. I mean, obviously I've read well, it, but you're, I, it, you're not a wife. It never jumped out to me. Yeah, cuz it's this verse says in the same way they're wives. You know, as a wife, I'm combing the scriptures. What do the scriptures say to wives? To be worthy of respect. So when you allow whether it's a child or a husband, but generally the rub is when the husband treats the wife poorly and she's like, "Oh, I got to submit to this." And it's like, "Show me that. Show me where you have to submit to his sin and his abuse." Because you won't find it in the Bible. Right. Okay. But when a wife feels like, oh, I got to hold the marriage together and put up with this, she loses her self-worth. She loses a sense of her own respect. And then he could get away with his bad behavior over and over and over again. And now you've set this pattern in the marriage where they have come to kind of, this is their dance in marriage. He knows he could treat her poorly. Right. And she puts up with it. He knows he can throw over the desk and it's going to be put together when he comes back. Right, right. Okay, here's another one. Proverbs 31, 25. She's clothed with strength and dignity. That's the part I want her to focus on. Strength and dignity. Be a woman of dignity. Okay? And she laughs without fear of the future. You know, and that's really interesting because have you ever heard a message preached on on these characteristics? Well, no, because... A pastor, he's he's called a disciple of the flock, but he's not called to be an older woman teaching the younger woman. He's not going to have a full understanding of the emotions of a wife, of the fact that God has put us in a position that a lot, lot of people could think, gosh, you're like a second-class citizen in your marriage because you're called to submit to your husband. Well, no, frankly, you don't understand the verse, girlfriend, so back it up, because God has placed me in a position of influence, okay? So I have an understanding of a woman because I'm a woman, and when the Bible says in, in Titus 2, 3 through 5, that it's the older women teaching the younger women these things, I can't blame the pastors for not teaching these messages. Okay, well, and strength and dignity is different than being contentious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, because I don't need to get my way. What I want to do is be obedient to God's way. When I'm obedient to God's way, God will get his way. But that's something I had to learn a long time ago. <laughs> that was not easy to learn because I had to surrender. So, But I'm surrendering to God's way. God's way is perfect, and it's peaceful, and it's loving. Okay, There's, there's no amount of abuse in God's way. Okay, But man, we're sinful. And what wives might forget is it's okay to establish personal boundaries in your marriage. Okay. So the last thing I want to ask you is, should she leave? Does she have any grounds for leaving? Does she have grounds for leaving? Well, I mean, when you look at what the Bible says, if an unbeliever leaves, let them leave. That's the one grounds for biblical divorce. Right. And the other is if there's adultery. Okay. Right. So... She says there's no physical abuse. It's gotten, it has gotten out of hand. I mean, I would ask the husband, do you want this marriage? And find out there, yes or no. Okay, well, hon, I'm glad you said yes, because I'd like to have it too, but I only want it without this. Right, and I don't want to, I don't want to go a lot into that, but uh, if there was physical abuse and her her life was in danger or the kids were in danger, okay, absolutely get out. 
And, and by the way, uh, although the Bible doesn't give it, I'm not going to judge her if she says, I'm going to divorce this guy. I mean, that's for her, her and the Lord. I mean, I understand the emotions of that. Okay. Should she biblically? No, she shouldn't. No, but here's, here's one of the things I tell a wife who's in a um, physically abusive, controlling marriage. Get out. Go protect yourself. Go to the authorities. Report the bum. Okay. And one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to be truly repentant and time's going to be, you know, you guys are going to be separated for a time. He's going to get help. The Lord's going to re- transform his life if he allows it, if the man allows right. it. Or the man's going to go off and have sex with someone and then you're free. You're scot-free. Right. Okay? Because one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to commit adultery. Okay. Yeah. Or he's going to allow the Lord to transform his life. Okay. So definitely get out. Get out of the situation. Protect yourself. Don't put up with with any of that garbage. But I don't know if she's at that point. I mean, he has said some nasty things. I think that she could come in in a very loving way because she doesn't want to leave. But, you know, she does have that opportunity to win him over with her conduct. Right. Well, but the conduct is twofold. It is, I love you. I support you. But I will not allow you to treat me like this. Right. And and. What's really interesting is, I'd like to know, and I won't know, but why does she not want to leave, okay? If she doesn't want to leave because of godly reasons, uh, then that's fantastic, okay? But if she feels like, well, she's got to endure garbage, okay, she's got a different mindset, and she's got to turn that back to what the Bible teaches rather than what her emotions are telling her. Right, right. Well, and what other other people that are around her telling her. I mean, well, the best thing to do is listen to the voice of God. The, yeah, because you'll have believers all day long saying, hey, you should leave. You should, you know, you should divorce him, all this stuff. And it's just like, look, go back to the Bible, trust the Lord, protect yourself. Yeah, and, and certainly make, have those boundaries. Yes, and, and make sure that he is accountable for his actions. You know, and you can still win a man over. I, I look at 1 Corinthians 13, 7, Love never gives up. Maybe that's where she's at. Never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Now that every circumstance, let's put a caveat on that saying every circumstance doesn't mean you tolerate the abuse. Okay. Right. It never means that. It never means that. But let's follow it up with 1 Corinthians 13, 13. These three, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Love is the relational glue here to bring the two back together. She could win him over with her love, but that doesn't mean that she tolerates his poor behavior. Right, and that's that doesn't necessarily mean it's sappy love either. No, okay? it is, hey, I'm gonna fight for you and I'm gonna fight for us. And I'm not sure if, she's, if that's why she says, I don't wanna walk away from this marriage. I know we've gone through some difficult, dark parenting days, and as frustrating as I've been, I have said to you, I'm not done fighting. I'm not done fighting for this situation. Right. I because I'm holding on to the 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 hope that I have and I'm going to not give up because of the love I have, but that doesn't mean I didn't have boundaries. Of course. So of course. boundaries are key. Um, follow what the voice of the Lord is telling you and try and win him back. But still be that woman worthy of respect and that woman of strength and dignity. That is great advice. Thanks, love. We're Eric and Jolene. 
You can find me at jillianengel.com. And until then, embrace your choice. You can find me eating a burrito someplace. (laughs) 